0: Do you have some knee pain? Well you're not the only one. If you just do a quick google search, you'll see that about 25% of people suffer with knee pain. I've worked in an orthopedic setting, sports setting, and I've seen a lot of people suffer from knee pain. And yes, it's not fun because you're weight bearing all the time. It's really hard to go throughout your day, activities, and anything that you have to do standing on your feet. And then knee pain can be something that's very challenging, not only physically, but mentally as well. And a lot of people that suffer with knee pain They start to just deal with it and don't necessarily have the confidence of what it feels like to play or perform without any knee pain. Treating the symptoms and addressing the knee pain, that's usually the easy part. The difficult part is, knowing how to address and find the root causes of what's causing your knee pain. This goes way beyond just doing a couple exercises and a couple stretches and hoping that everything goes away. You have to actually understand what is the cause of the knee pain and address all of these potential factors that I'm gonna talk about in this video. And when you can do that, you'll start to eliminate the knee pain, but more importantly, get back to all of the activities that you want to do, you love to do, and you can perform the way that you want to. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back to the h and Movement Podcast. For all of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about everything that deals with optimizing human performance. I go over solo topics covering injury prevention, sports medicine topics, strength and conditioning strategies, and performance training strategies as well. And also, I go over and share sports nutrition strategies that will really help you to, again, optimize your performance. All of my returning listeners, thank you for joining for another week. And for everyone out there, if you haven't heard some of the previous library of episodes, there have been a lot of great guest interviews as well that you can hear their stories, their journeys, and things that we can relate to that will help us along our journey. You can also check out all my content on social media. Everything's at HNL Movement and check out my YouTube channel. I'm putting up YouTube video highlight clips of the guest interviews of the podcast episodes so you can check out some of the video content that matches the audio content that you're listening to as well as I'm putting up a lot more content with specific topics, instructional videos, educational resources that will help you again to train better, perform your best and do all the things that you want to do. With that, let's dive into today's topic all about addressing knee pain. So as I mentioned, when you're dealing with knee pain, there's a multitude of factors that could be contributing and causing that knee pain. And that's what we have to uncover and figure out how to address the specific areas that we need to, to make sure that our knee functions well and is functional in all of the tasks and sports that we want to do. So let's jump into it. And this is based on a lot of my experiences and also the theoretical knowledge behind how to address knee pain. And I'm going to share the big areas that you need to make sure that you're focusing on. So the first thing that I want to talk about is making sure that you just get assessed because not all knee pain is created equally. You can have knee pain or knee injuries from ligamentous sprains. It can be more tendonitis or tendinopathy pain. It can be more muscular strains, especially when it's behind your knee, that overlap between your hamstrings and your gastroc, that can cause a lot of pain. It can be swelling related, it can be in your joint capsule, meniscus related, it could be because of a cyst, it could be all of these different things. Patellofemoral pain, osteoarthritis, osteochondral defects, damage to our articular cartilage, it could be all of these things. So the first thing is to just make sure that you're getting evaluated and assessed. This again doesn't determine your outcome but it's good to know what types of damage or anatomical issues is potentially contributing to the knee pain and I think that's extremely crucial. So go see a sports medicine practitioner, a sports medicine physician, an orthopedic physician because they specialize in looking and dealing with knee injuries and orthopedic injuries. Now I highly encourage you to do that but just keep in mind that's just one piece of the puzzle. The diagnosis doesn't determine your outcome. The diagnosis is good to know, but again, there's so many other things that we need to address when it comes to minimizing and relieving your knee pain. So the second thing is very, very important. Make sure that whatever's causing or aggravating knee pain, you want to make sure that you're modifying those activities. If it's sore with jumping tasks, then start to back off and modify some of the jumping or impact that you're doing throughout the week. If it's sore with running, if it's sore with heavy lifting, if it's sore with certain types of things, we need to start to back off a little bit so that we can adequately train our body to withstand those activities and get benefit from them again. If it's sore with all daily activities, then you're really going to pay attention to the rest of this video because we have to address a lot of things so that you can actually train your body to withstand all of the things that you're doing through the day. Walking, going up and down stairs, making sure that it's not getting sore and extra stiff from prolonged sitting. We need to actually make sure that your muscles and your joints and your tissues can tolerate just daily activity demands. Modifying your activity doesn't mean complete rest. The more that we can understand what that threshold is, that sweet spot, to adequately keep us strong, mobile, and doing the things that we still are capable of doing, that's going to help us to gradually build that strength, build that conditioning and build back up to the level that you want to perform at. Now let's get more into the actual areas that we need to look at outside of our knee. And I think this is crucial. With all knee issues, I'm always working on someone's core and assessing their core stability, their core awareness and their core strength. That is very important because our core, if it's very weak, your hips are just going to be out of alignment and it's going to place excessive stress not only on your hips, but on your knee alignment. And that's extremely crucial because if we don't have that ability to use our core to suspend our body and lift our hips up so that we can adequately use our muscles and support our knee joint, then if we can't do that, again, a weak core, it's gonna put all of that excessive stress and weight right on our knee joints. So core function, that's huge. Just basic things. Can you stabilize your core in different positions? In a suspended position, in a stacked position, in a standing position, can we stabilize our spine and our core in order to move our legs? Things like dead bugs, things on our back. You wanna make sure that you have that strength and core stability and control. Then the next thing is moving on. How is our hips functioning? That is big because our hips is what controls our knee alignment but also it helps to work with the rest of our lower leg. If our hips are weak, oftentimes a lot of extra stress goes into our knee, goes into our ankle, goes into our foot. So we want to make sure that we have adequate hip mobility, making sure that we can flex, extend and rotate our hip. And also do we have adequate strength in these positions? Can we do things to support our lower leg function? Especially when we're standing, do we have adequate balance? Do we have adequate strength in our hips to move how we want to move? This is extremely crucial when you talk about jumping sports, running and explosive sports, you want to make sure that you're training and you have that adequate hip strength and stability. Now the next thing that I want to pay attention to, believe it or not, it's your ankles. A lot of times when we have very stiff and restricted ankles, that contributes greatly to excessive knee stress. If we don't have the ability to do certain squatting patterns, if we don't have that mobility to move our ankles whenever we're doing functional movements, even walking up and down stairs, all of that can place excessive stress on our knee joint. The other thing too is that if your calves are really, really tight, oftentimes because your gastroc connects and crosses your knee joint, that can contribute to a lot of knee pain. Even things in the front, it can contribute to patellofemoral pain, it can contribute to patellar tendonitis. So it's really making sure that we have adequate ankle mobility, but also adequate calf mobility and strength as well. Many times those areas are areas that you should be working on regardless, but they're areas that you can actually work on without worsening your knee pain symptoms. So that's where I like to start. Now we're actually gonna talk about the muscle that really crossed the knee joint, so specifically your quads and your hamstrings. That's where a lot of problems do present itself as well. A lot of times our quad just gets really shut down and really tight. We lack mobility and we lack strength. We lack strength especially in deeper ranges of knee flexion. Along with that, our hamstrings, a lot of times people with anterior knee pain, any type of knee issue, typically the hamstrings get excessively tight as well. And when the hamstrings get excessively tight, that just kind of pulls everything backwards, pulls the tibia backwards in relation to our femur that can create excessive tension and load along our patellar tendon, can create excessive compression forces between our patella and our femur. So a lot of hamstring tightness and weakness, that can be very problematic as well. And you wanna make sure that just basic function, you have adequate strength for your activities, your sports, to have that strength between your quads and your hamstrings. Your quads are a much bigger muscle group than your hamstrings. So you're going to have more strength in your quad. There is a quad to hamstring ratio. But more importantly, I tend to look at the quality of how strong your quads are and how strong your hamstrings are just with normal activities. A lot of body weight activities, are you training them in balance? Are you working similar volumes? Not the same loads, but similar volumes between your hamstrings and your quads. And the more that you can work on that balance, that will really help your knee function and eliminate knee pain again. Okay I mentioned different areas of the body and how that all is important when we're addressing knee pain but now it's very important that we actually regain control of making sure that these muscles can do its job and can activate properly and whenever you have knee pain I like to start and really focus on making sure that you have active control you can voluntarily activate the muscle that you're working in an isometric fashion. Again, this really shows you, can I control this muscle? Can I squeeze it, can I activate it? If you don't feel like you can activate these muscles in certain exercises that you should be using these muscles, then that is a problem. We really need to focus on regaining that neuromuscular control and that signal to your muscles that you can squeeze and activate those muscles. A good way that I like to think about it is that if you can squeeze that muscle that you're working, so hard voluntarily that you feel like you can almost make it cramp, then you know that you have adequate control and engagement of that muscle. So this again could be for all of the muscle groups. If we're working the glutes in bridges, if we're doing side-lying leg raises, lateral types of movements, if you're doing quads, quads in the knee flex position, like squats, wall squats, and in a knee extended position to really work on the rectus femoris side, acting on the hip. If you can squeeze your quad muscle really hard, again, that really helps. For hamstrings, just doing simple supine hip thrusts, can you squeeze your hamstrings? Can you feel that activation? Progress again to a little bit more challenging things, maybe GHRs, good mornings, asymmetric good morning. Are you able to, again, squeeze all of these muscles? And this can go all the way down to the muscles in the lower leg, crossing your ankle joint, are you able to activate these muscles and voluntarily create this extremely strong contraction? The next thing, as you work on that isometric contraction, making sure that you can squeeze these muscles, feel muscle work without excessive knee strain, definitely no knee irritation and definitely avoiding knee pain, then you're going to start to focus on strengthening the muscle through the range of motion. And again, this is all the muscles, core, hip, quads, hamstrings, calves, anterior tip, All these muscles making sure that you can activate it, it can support the movement, and you're starting to build strength through the range of motion. And from this point, it's not only feeling that activation, but you can start to challenge yourself by increasing the loads, by building more strength endurance, and then gradually we are going to start to make sure that the muscle can respond and fire faster and faster. Which brings me to my next point, incorporating faster speeds of movement and gradually working on to plyometric movements, especially the ones that apply to your sports and activities. Oftentimes when we're in the gym and we're just doing traditional reps, maybe like one second down, one second coming up, that is no way near the speed or the explosiveness that we do things even throughout the day, but definitely not in sports. When you're squatting, that is not the same as jumping. When you're jogging, that is not the same as sprinting and you get the picture. So we want to make sure that we're adequately building up that speed and intensity working all the way up to explosive and plyometric types of movements. So how are you going to approach this? You built up that strength without causing knee irritation and knee pain. You have a stronger strength base now and now you're going to lighten the loads and you're going to start to do things at a sub-maximal speed level but know that you're going to ramp up that speed component into faster and faster explosive types of movements. And oftentimes start in a controlled manner. Before doing multiple jumps in a row, start by single jumps and focus on stopping in a good position, focus on decelerating and accelerating well. Before you're running sprints, you're going to do things at 70% and 80% and gradually build up the speed so that you can make sure that your one, your muscles are responding well, but two, you're building up that tolerance to explosive types of movements. And that ties into the next point is to focus on conditioning. I can't stress this enough. Just because you can do three sets of 10, three sets of five, five sets of five in the weight room, that doesn't mean that you're able to withstand running for 10 minutes or going to practice for two hours. You need to gradually build up that conditioning component. Making sure that, especially when you're getting tired, you're building up your muscles to tolerate all those stresses in a good way. Remember, your muscles are shock absorbers. If the muscle fails, if they're not in condition to do things, you're that much more prone for injury, you're that much more prone for stresses to go into your knee joint, or go into the non-contractile tissues that are not meant to absorb the forces how muscles are meant to absorb forces. So make sure that we train the muscles. We want to get them not only strong this is the next step we want to get them in condition to withstand the length of time that you need to perform your activities especially for jumping sports i think this is a good way to monitor your impacts your jump volume and gradually ramp that up every week as long as it's not problematic for your knees and since we're talking about jumping athletes this is especially true for everyone sprinters runners any type of lower body intensive activity Weight management is huge, especially if you're a jumper, especially doing explosive things. If you're above the ideal plane weight for you, just know that's a lot of extra stress going into your muscles, and like I mentioned, if your muscles cannot tolerate that and doesn't have the strength capacity to do so, then that is going to go into your knee joint, non-contractile tissues, which you don't want. But more so, it's not the absolute weight that I'm talking about. It's more your strength to weight ratio, because you want to make sure that you have the adequate strength to support your frame, your body weight, and do all the things that you need to do. When you start to lose weight, but also lose muscle mass, that's not going to help either. Because again, you won't have that strength capacity, that strength base to support all the movements that you need to do. And when we talk about supporting your knee health, I can't skip or overlook the big area of recovery, sleep, and nutrition. They all will help us to recover better. They all help us to recover not only our muscles after activities, but they also help to recover all of the things around and in our knee joint. It will help us to get rid of the waste products. It will help us to get blood flow to the area. It will help us to recover our tendons, our ligaments, all of the things that have been taxed from any type of physical activities. And most importantly, like I mentioned, it will help our muscles recover, which are the big shock absorbers of what's protecting our knee joint. So key tips here are eat a balanced diet, eat whole foods, try to rely on getting all of the nutrients that our body needs to recover well, making sure that you're actually doing active recovery things, doing things to get blood flow to the area, doing some light low intensity activities to help to encourage circulation, blood flow to the area, and waste products to get out of the area, and making sure that we're getting adequate amounts of sleep. Sleep is going to be huge because that helps us to recover, not only physically, but helps our whole body to recover and reset. And that's exactly what you need whenever you're dealing with any type of knee issues, knee pain, knee discomfort. You want to make sure that you're recovering well so that you can start to build back your training tolerance and do all of the things that you want to do. And the final thing that I want to say about addressing knee pain is making sure that you start to Know what it feels like to perform and do things without knee pain. I think that's huge, especially when we talk about people suffering from chronic knee issues and knee pain. A lot of times they just have accepted it and they don't even know what it feels like to perform without any knee pain. And that in turn takes a huge toll mentally on their confidence, knowing what that knee is capable of doing and just feeling like they can perform pain free again. So you want to make sure that as you're focusing on doing the things that don't cause knee pain you start to build that up build that strength build that conditioning build that explosive power and don't get in this cycle where i just always have knee pain and i think that's normal because again it's not normal if you start to address all the causes that's contributing to your knee pain i've seen this happen over and over that you can adequately do the right things to build your body up and train so that your muscles, your body, it can withstand all of the things that it needs to do without knee pain. And that in turn can build a lot of confidence and you feel a lot more stable and feeling like you can perform better on that knee or both knees. Overall, like I mentioned, those are the big areas that I think we need to address. So again, it's not just addressing one area because then later down the line, if you haven't addressed some of the other issues, the knee pain will come back. Or worse yet, other injuries or other areas might arise, which you are trying to avoid. So the more that you can focus on all of these things collectively, the better chance that you'll have at reducing injuries, eliminating your knee pain, and elevating your performance, which is all what we want to do. That is all that I have for today about knee pain. Thank you for tuning in. Again, if you haven't checked out my YouTube, my social media, go and check that out. Everything's at h Movement. If you like some of this content, give me some feedback, you can contact me on social media, check out my YouTube channel and comment, or you can email me directly at andrew at hnlmovement.com. For all of you out there, if you found this helpful, share them with family, friends, coaches, teammates, anyone that might be suffering from some knee pain. Other than that, take care of yourself, train hard, train smart, get rid of your knee pain if you're dealing with some of that, and new episodes are released every Tuesday, So I will be back here, same time, same place. And until next time, have a great week, everyone. Aloha.